The impact of COVID-19 pandemic on global logistics industry has created a ripple effect that can be felt across every other industry. The logistics industry's response to the pandemic has greatly influenced how well other sectors of the economy are able to adapt to our new reality. With backlogs at the country's ports, travel restrictions affecting local transport mechanisms, and many cargo ships preventing prevented from vessel berthing and unloading of goods from vessels coming from different countries. Global industries suddenly experienced a shortage in commodities and goods. Co-founder of Smart Essentials joins us today to tackle these issues, particularly the impact that the pandemic has had. The co-founder, of course, is Mr. Lebohang Dikojane. Lebo, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, good evening, Brasongezo. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Global supply chain is, of course, dependent ultimately on on the African continent, good roads and rail, and the interconnectivity and connectedness of sea freight. And, of course, it goes without reasoning that the international community does rely on sea freight because um, I think the air is just quite expensive. Where exactly are we insofar as it relates to global supply of goods and, goods and commodities that are required from one jurisdiction to the other? Uh, so basically, I think I'm going to, uh, I'll be able to speak on it from uh, a startup, uh, a small business perspective. I mean, like uh, the effects that how yes. the logistics industry has been affected and so. how we are affected the small businesses. I'll give you a typical scenario, uh, Mr. Sangezo. So you'd find that as small businesses, what we, what, what, what we are struggling with now I mean, like in the industry that I find myself is the retail. So we are working with businesses. So the mere fact that sometimes when you go to your supplier and there's a shortage of commodities that you need to deliver to your clients, it finds that it affects badly on the small business itself. In a sense that our delivery service, our, our delivery and our customer service is compromised. So it means that now we get affected and now you have to look for products in different parts of the retail sector and the value chain. And you find that you get them in retail spaces, which are now it affects your profits, and it's really it's really affecting us on a really big, big, big level. And I mean, like if we are looking at how e-commerce is growing in the country at the moment with lockdown, there's a lot of opportunities for us to say that we need to tap into the township market, right? But you find that there are huge problems within that space as well, in a sense that there's the infrastructure is not good. So when you go there as a delivery person, and you would see that there's a lot, there's not a lot of delivery companies that are going into townships because mainly on GPS you can't find the location, some of the addresses there, and the infrastructure is not right. So it affects a lot of businesses that even want to pivot or venture into such spaces. As much as we speak about the township economy and all that, but. As a small business, because of capacity of finances at some at some point, I mean, like, I don't see myself now owning a logistic company and having trucks of my own. So you constantly have to outsource. So there's a lot of things that we need to think about when we are in the space. Whenever there's a challenge in business, it's only a matter of time before somebody picks up that challenge and turns it into a solution. To the extent that then you have picked up some of these challenges, what are the sort of solutions or the ideas that you are mulling over your head or that you have since implemented given your experiences? So, like I said, uh, this affects every decision that you want to take. At some point you'd want to, I mean, like in the instance where we find ourselves now, 
we because of there's lockdowns and people are restricted and some of the companies are closing down and people are working from home now we need to think of other ways of saying that how do we survive as a business and we continuously deliver products to our clients so now we are looking at the things that we're looking at now is pivoting into the b2c market from the b2b and in that space now we are able to move more volumes to people who are working from home but it's also a very difficult thing if you really think about it realistically because we are a small business and we are trying to build a brand so it's there's budgets involved and there's not enough capital for us to fund such so i think I think most of the things that we need to out will be inspired by ideas or, or not ideas necessarily, but by capital and even inspired by the collaboration that we can make in the sector to work together. In the case that if I'm a small business and there's someone who's a small business that runs a logistic company, there's an opportunity for us to, to collaborate and do business together and be able to deliver product to clients. Talking about those collaborations, I mean, I think that's a very important point because with the South African Postal Services, the way that they are, I mm. think that creates serious room for collaboration, particularly insofar as the deliveries are concerned for the final mile. Also, your big networks, I mean, I don't imagine there are people who would want services from your DHLs, but for whatever reason, DHL doesn't have a presence or goes there. There could be opportunities. And I mentioned DHL as a sui generis type um, entity in the forms of your FedEx and yeah. the other big guys. Insofar as it relates to collaboration, what are those conversations that are taking place there? What is the opportunity that has been created by the inefficiencies from the postal services? And what else can you tell us that we are not possibly thinking of? I mean, like if you look at if you look at companies like uh, your Uber, your Bolt, uh, what they are doing now. They're also creating a space for small businesses to operate and even function. You'd look at how many uh, scooter bikes there are there around malls and stuff like that. So these guys are independent and they are, they are working from, a, from these platforms and they are independent in the sense that they get commission from every delivery they make. However, if we really think about it, these guys, if you can think about it now on an economical perspective, whether they are profitable or they are not profitable, it's really up to you and how you see the volumes in the industry or which service you want to serve. In my case, if I would go into an Uber, into an Uber model, there are set up prices that one needs to pay and that one needs to prepare for. So those are some of the risks that you need to think about when you are going. Sound cool sometimes and they sound good, but the profitability and the viability. But I think there are solutions that we can think about. I mean, like, there's, there's technology is increasing. There's a lot of Everyone is speaking about the fourth industrial revolution, but we need to look at how these technologies can be used and applied in our daily lives. And, and as much as we speak about it from a big sense of things, we need to understand how technology can enable uh, industries and even better solutions for us to be able to operate. The taxi industry, as you were talking, just got me to think about the taxi industry for all its problems, woes and challenges. Call it what you will. They know how to get things to people. You will see taxis trailing fridges and beds and wheelbarrows and everybody's December cooking from the Eastern Cape to the Western Cape, vice versa, from Gauteng to Limbobo to Mbumalanga. That, to me, for somebody in logistics, must be a low-hanging fruit of some kind. If it is to collaborate with those taxi people, if it is to find those customers before they even get themselves to taxis or to get those persons who will be receiving these goods, 
I, I'm just thinking there must be something that can't just be left to the taxi operators on their own. From a collaboration or from a competition perspective, there surely mm. must be scope. Yeah, you see, and those are those are also very interesting things. And if we look, I have I have I have a few guys in my circles and people that I know that are attempting to go that route and that are thinking about those solutions. And I think there's a lot of people that are thinking about solutions in the taxi industry, and especially from a technology perspective. So you find that when you are when you want to develop these solutions, because there's I think there's also a gap between the understanding of how the technology will benefit the taxi industry and the collaboration itself. So that gap is also big because now it stops the it stops the relationships to happen or it even stops the work to going on. And there's also issues of the politics within the taxi industry as well. There's a lot of hierarchies if you go into that industry you'd understand that there's there's a lot that goes into that, even from a conversation perspective and trying to even get some work done. So, yeah, I think I think I, I think where we find out there's a lot of room for education in a sense of trying to understand what technology means and how can it solve our immediate problems. So, in that case, these are very good ideas and these are very possible things that can happen. But there's a lot of things that are creating creating an environment that these things can happen. Specifically, insofar as it relates to technology, one of the challenges of technology, or rather for technology to be successful, particularly these apps or facilities of the kind, it's uptake. Mm. These things are dependent on uptake for them to have the kind of impact. You can come up with a brilliant concept if it's not readily available and used by the people most targeted for it. It almost is not a worthwhile business venture, even though the idea could be there. Final comment? Mm. So... So, so, so I think, I think, uh, like I said, it's it's it, it's really so. We constantly, we, we always have these conversations around uh, the group of developers as I network with these guys. So you find that a lot of a, a lot of things that uh, a, a, a lot of things that hinder this progress or hinder uh, the possibility of technology working for us. I think, like I said, there's there's a place for education and there's a place where we need to. Uh, educate the consumer, educate the users, and educate the producers so that we may be able to understand how technology is going to affect our lives. I mean, like, if you look at what's happening now, there's companies like Amazon setting up call centers here and looking for people to work as call center agents, and they are working from home. But if you really think about it, the impact is not really big if if you think about townships and how infrastructure is set up in terms of technology. So a lot of people can't afford to even get these jobs. And these are low entry jobs where you can just work with just your metric. So there's a lot of things from an education perspective that needs to happen and we need to set that up right. So yeah, I think that's 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 my, my final thoughts on that uh, issue. Well, let's leave it there then on the final thought. 2124, thank you so much to you, Mr. Lebohang Dikojane, co-founder of Smart Essentials, talking logistics and the challenges of being a startup and small business in these most very challenging times of COVID-19. 2124, we have another 20 minutes left of the program, ladies and gentlemen, and that's when we get into the realm of hashtag Health on Monday after the break.